quote that I live by is that when somebody has hope in the future, there's power in the present. And I think that is, that's been so true in, in, for me personally. And that has been kind of what we've centered our entire division around with the dreams mentality. Dane Espigard lives life by design. He and his wife, Brooklyn, identify specific dreams for their life and then take the steps to achieve those dreams. For the past several years, Dane has been spreading this dreams mentality throughout his entire organization. His people are living their dreams and results in the organization have nearly doubled in the past five years. If you aspire to live more of your dreams and help others around you to do the same, the time is now and the place is here. Thanks for letting me introduce you to my amazing colleague, Dane Espigard. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome, everybody. My guest today is Mr. Dane Espigard, who is the North Star Division Manager with Vector Marketing and Cutco, headquartered in the Minnesota area. And uh, Dane grew up in Minnesota, Nebraska, and Wisconsin uh, over uh, his early years. Started with the company in Wisconsin, uh, where he graduated from University of Wisconsin at Madison with a degree in economics. Uh, Dane is a 17-year veteran of the Cutco Vector business. He became a district manager in 2006 in Wisconsin. He ran a division in the Omaha, Nebraska area for four years before relocating to Minnesota in 2013. And his business has grown year over year in Minnesota uh, to become one of the top divisions in the company. And his office was the number one sales office in the company in 2018. Uh, Dane met his uh, now wife while he was down running the business in Nebraska. They have two young daughters and Dane is helping legions of people throughout his organization, throughout the central region and throughout the company to be able to live their dreams. He is an amazing leader that I feel privileged to have on the podcast today. So Dane, thank you so much for making the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun for sure. So let's begin by talking a little bit about how you got started with the Cutco Vector business. So I know that uh, it was back in 2002. And just tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up uh, working with Cutco Vector. Yeah, good old uh, newspaper ad. I uh, graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
yeah. graduated high school with a whole lot of uh, McDonald's experience under my belt. So I worked at Mickey D's for, for four, uh, pretty much four years, and then uh, quit at McDonald's right when I turned 18, about a month before graduating high school, and just kind of figured I would you know, land something that was more exciting than McDonald's that, now that I was 18 and, and uh, couldn't find anything for about a month. And then um, saw an ad in the newspaper that said 12 bucks. So applied, went in, got a job selling knives. It was in Milwaukee area. And we lived kind of a, a town 30 miles outside of Milwaukee. So I wasn't familiar with Cutco at all. Went home, told my parents about it. And they were not, uh, you know, it's kind of like to put a typical Cutco story. I think I went home, mom and dad weren't too fired up. And uh, I kind of negotiated myself like a two-week trial to see how it was going to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, dad said, you can't borrow any money from me if this doesn't work out. And I confidently said, yeah, no big deal. But, you know, that was, I think, my first little uh, moment of, oh, crap, what if this doesn't work? But I went to the office and Kevin Hanna was my original manager. And so he was at that time, I don't know how many years in the business, but he was a veteran at that point. And his organization was huge. I remember walking in, there's 40 people in training, you know, six, seven assistant managers. One of them happened to be from my high school. And so, uh, cool. yeah, it was, it was kind of off to the races from there. Yeah. Uh, I had the same experience going home and, you know, my parents kind of laughed at me and didn't think I could do something like this. And I feel like that is a common experience for a lot of Cutco reps, but, uh, but you had a good summer. You did well. You succeeded, became an assistant manager. You know, what have been some of the more transformational experiences along the way for you that, uh, have yielded some real valuable lessons? Yeah. I think about, I spent four years in Kevin Hanna's organization at that time, there wasn't the same, especially in the state of Wisconsin, there was a little bit different rules and, and guidelines. And so the branch opportunity wasn't, wasn't there when I was a student at Madison. And so it was a rep, then assistant, sales manager, then pilot all in the same office. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely benefits to that. But I, I still remember after my second summer, I was an assistant manager. And I remember at the end of the summer, our you know boat cruise, conference of champions type deal. I remember talking to Kevin in stating my desire for the next year, I said, you know, hey, I really think I deserve to be the pilot sales manager next year. And so this would have been between my... I was asking for it for between my sophomore and junior years of, uh, of school. Mm-hmm. There were some older... One person in particular who was older and going to graduate college. And, and Kevin said, no, it's probably going to be that guy. And I said, I know he's not a long-term person. You know, I think you should give it to me. And um, so we had a we had the most heated conversation I've ever had with Kevin. Kevin doesn't really have heated conversations. And uh, I remember at the end of that conversation being really upset. But it was the first time, and it was a great lesson for me. Of sometimes I feel like I should get something or deserve something, and it's it's probably better that I don't. And that next summer was amazing working with that other individual. His name is Lyle. And uh, learned a ton, and I wasn't ready for the position. And then the following year, when I was pilot, it was uh, it was such a great experience for me. And, and a lot of it was because of what I learned in the previous summer. And uh, just the lesson of just because I wanted it at that moment doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Yeah, I, I think it's also cool that you were willing to ask for what you wanted because not a lot of people do that. And and I think that is an important part of being able to. Uh, develop our confidence and open up the doors in life is asking for what we want. And then when you didn't get it in that particular instance, uh, you handled it properly. Uh, you kind of got in line, worked with Lyle, had an awesome summer, 
working with Lyle and became a, an amazing uh, pilot sales manager the following summer. So I do think there's a lot of cool little, little nuggets that, uh, that came out of that right there. What else have been some key experiences for you that you want to talk about? So there's two others that I can think of vividly when you'd ask that. One was the end of my uh, sales manager summer. So same same summer, but um, it was 2004. I'd gone off to gone back to school, and I received an email from a representative of ours that summer that had sold about ten thousand dollars. And our, our our office that summer, I think we did somewhere in the ballpark of six hundred thousand. So you know, the rep that did 10k, this person was a key staff member, not a uh, wasn't really in the group, if you will. Like she was a part of everything, but she was very, very quiet. And she had sent me an email stating that if it weren't for Vector, she could see herself having ended her life at the end of the summer or sometime during that. And she was dealing with all of these things. And the, the email was a very long email that was basically a thank you for supporting me and, and working with me and giving me this opportunity this summer. That individual never worked with Vector again. At that time, we didn't really have Leadership Academy, so it wasn't we didn't have that net to kind of you know uh, provide somebody a path after that. Mm-hmm. But it was somebody from the very beginning that after the first day of training, she needed to stay after to talk to Kevin, who was the trainer, and Kevin didn't have time because he was working with some other people. So as a sales manager, I kind of swooped in and helped. And she said, "Hey, my parents are going through a divorce right now, and and I don't know if I can get the assignment done." And in the moment, I just. You know, I didn't necessarily recognize what I was doing, but I, you know, said, Hey, we understand, we get it, do what you can, we'll be understanding of it. Just let me know tomorrow. Let's spend a little time together. And and she it was somebody who did five demos a week, but we were her place, right? All summer we were her place to escape to to kind of uh, be a part of something that wasn't her home life. And I don't think as a student I had recognized the type of impact that that we have in Vector, but just that people have in general when when you're there and you support somebody and and believe in them. And so that was an aha moment for me that, Hey, I can do a lot of good being, being here at Vector. Wow. That's an amazing story to hear. And it, it's, uh, it really speaks to this concept of changing lives that we, you know, like to feel like is what we do here at, at Vector and Cutco is that we truly do change people's lives and that, uh, you had a chance to impact somebody at a time that was a critical moment for her and set her on a track that uh, is going to be hopefully has ended up really positive for her versus where it could have been. And that's, uh, that's really a compelling example of the importance of the leadership and the influence that people can provide to others, whether it be in Vector or anywhere else, right? We all have an incredible effect on the people all around us. And uh, she was lucky to have been around someone like you at that time. And I also, I think with, with the making a difference in somebody, I think as a vector manager, it's a lot easier to see the difference that we make when somebody's here for you know, a handful of campaigns or years or summers or whatever the case is. But sometimes we make the biggest impact in someone who you know, we never get to find out right? because they're not here long enough. And uh, I think of, hey, this individual sent me an email, but I'm sure there's plenty more across the country that have been impacted that don't get to say the thank you. Right? Yeah, for sure. No doubt. You said there was another story that you had that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. The other one, I don't know if there was, it was more of kind of a full six months, if you will. And it was in 2010. It was my, my, at that time, my worst summer ever. I still kind of consider it my worst summer ever just because of the emotional stuff that happened as well during that. But we had come off of, uh, timeline wise, I just, I moved to Omaha 2009 and we had just a breakout year right away and had her first million dollar year. And it, it actually came pretty easy that summer. 
And that was my first summer as a DVC. So my confidence, uh, maybe a false sense of confidence was, was really high. And I started planning with my pilot for summer of 2010 of, Hey, these are the numbers we're going to do and spoke as if there was no chance that we're not going to do it. And the summer was very difficult. We had a lot of challenges. I didn't deal with it. Great. My pilot didn't deal with it. Great. And it was, it was the first time in my, you know, 2000 and let's see, 2002 to 2010. So my first eight years that I kind of had experienced not having a really exciting, fun time with Vector and experiencing the opposite of that. And uh, I at least had enough tenure with the company to understand, hey, I probably shouldn't decide to quit in the moment. And so let me, let me wait this thing out to SLC and uh, SLC being our, you know, national event for, for managers. And I went there and spoke to a bunch of other managers and just and tried to listen differently at that event. And, and the thing that I'd heard most commonly from every speaker in terms of DBMs was their kind of their, their commitment to growth. And that was the first time that I kind of got honest with myself to recognize that up to that point, I had essentially had skated by on pure, like, uh, you know, talent. And, you know, I talk about my go-tos that I relied on for a very long time were my energy and then charisma, but I never really was the person who spent it in, in the work ethic, but I never was really the person that, that spent tons of time like scripting training or, you know, working on my craft and on my skill. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at it now, I recognize that I kind of hit my ceiling in terms of what my natural ability was. And to get to where I thought I should be, there was a really big gap there. And the gap was I needed to work on, on myself and on the business and, uh, and not just, you know, uh, think and expect to grow year over year without putting in the work. And so I committed at that point to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a new growth routine. I'm going to read at that point. I wasn't reading, you know, anything personal growth related. And so I, uh, I started doing a new m- normal morning routine where I, you know, work out and read just a normal, a normal morning for a lot of leaders in vector. And, uh, as that started to happen as 2011 started, I then went on 11 out of 12 consecutive campaigns of growth. And, you know, I haven't kept track of it since, but the things that I started doing then have stayed with me for a really long time. And uh, I, I recognize there that, hey, I can grow as much as I want to in the business, but it's always going to be, you know, a few months or a few campaigns behind what I'm doing personally. Wow, that, that's such a great insight right there. And, and I do think that will resonate with a lot of the young people who work with us and a lot of people in, in any walk of life that um, I think there are people I've had in my organization that came right out of the gate and did really, really well because they had talent, they had charisma, they had energy, they had work ethic, like you were saying. And one of the conversations that I would typically have with people like that is to say, hey, let me show you what some people have done, you know, many years down the road, whether in Vector or out of Vector. And I would give them some examples of some incredibly high success stories and then I would let them know, like, they were once like you. And everybody that reaches these super high levels where they're part of the, you know, the 1% of achievers mm-hmm. in Vector or the 1% of achievers in the world, they all make a decision. Do they just want to be really good? Because you have the talent to just be really good. Or do they really want to be great, amazing, world-beating? Because that takes a higher level of commitment to learning and growth. And ultimately... What I find is that most people eat that up and they feel like, you know, I want to be a part of the 1%. Like, help me to do that 
And a big vehicle for that is that commitment to growth, learning, ongoing development, really pushing yourself forward on a regular basis versus just sort of continuing to drift forward because eventually you do max out your, your, uh, your capacity based just on that. So I thought that was a really good point, Dane. Thank you. And, and with that too, I felt like one of the things that stuck with me is, is when I was, you know, filling myself with that stuff where I was, you know, whatever I was reading at the beginning of the day. And, and now, you know, it's a mixture of reading as well as podcasts and whatever else, but it was just, I was handling things differently because I was having a different blueprint each day. Right. So as, as things were popping up, there's problems, there's issues, people problems, all of those things. I was just more, I was more equipped to handle them quickly in a way that was going to serve me and my business and my people, as opposed to uh, in the past, you know, just kind of the same cycle over and over and over again. Right. And then running into the same issues within in and out of the business as well. Yeah. You know, it kind of comes down to that idea that like the level of thinking that got you to where you are now is not the level of thinking that's going to get you to where you want to be. And so your thinking has to evolve in order to be able to have better solutions to problems and implement those uh, solutions to succeed at a higher and higher level. So who are some of the key people who have most impacted you on your journey? Uh, obviously there's been quite a few, um, uh, being in the business for a long time. There's, I got to start with Kevin Hanna being my first original manager. And, uh, I think starting his organization, being able to also witness him, you know, my experience in vector for four years was Kevin Hanna as a, I don't know how old he was when he started, but a married guy with, you know, three, four, five, this is going to sound like a joke, but three, four, five, six, seven kids. Cause that, you know, that's what it ended up. Uh, getting to, but I remember many times going to his house and, and being with his family and enjoying meals with them and just seeing somebody run Vector with a family was great. But I got to learn from from Kevin how to treat people right. And I don't think I've ever seen Kevin make a, a decision on what's best for his financial gain. To me, I don't know if that's ever even come to the equation with with Kevin. And uh, And then also, you know, Kevin taught me and not in the moment again, but looking back that uh, it's okay to let go of more if somebody's hungry for it. Because when I did get the opportunity to be pilot for him, I essentially, I remember going in and saying, Kevin, I've been waiting for this. So it was like, Kevin, I know the former pilots did this, this, and this. Here are all the things that I want to do, right? Essentially, give me everything. And, uh, you know, Kevin essentially was like, all right, sounds great. And, you know, his trust in, in my, my hunger, I think was, was great. So that, that was a, he was the first one. Dave Durand would be another one. He was my first region manager. And Dave has, I still don't know if I've, if I've seen many people match his ability to make other people feel great. And whether he was speaking from a podium to a large group of people, or he was, you know, just on the phone or in person with one, one individual, he, he, uh, he has a, a great ability to be able to make people feel special. That's something that I, that I learned from watching him. Mm. That's really cool. And then uh, I'm kind of rattling through him, but Greg Strine, uh, he was my first division manager. So when I opened as a DM, uh, I didn't have a division manager. So Wisconsin wasn't a full division then. So there was a kind of a lax period of uh, one campaign. So my first summer in 2006, I, I didn't have the DVM at all. So there was, it was just kind of me running an office and Chris Naku north of me and we would call each other and that was about that was about it. Uh, Greg got promoted that fall and what I learned from him is is the value of a of a partner. Uh, right from day one. And I was so hungry for you know that leadership 
I called him every day. He took my calls. I probably called him, you know, far more than, than once a day, but, but he always took my calls, gave me the time. And, uh, and he really did a great job of, of giving me direction for, you know, what I should be thinking about, how I should be thinking about the business. And, uh, the amount of time that he gave me in those, you know, two years that we worked together was, was immense. Wow. That's fantastic. Uh, and then the last would probably be, uh, again, there, there's others, but Mike Muriel, my current region manager, he's taught me just kind of how to think bigger and how to think differently than maybe what the norm has been. I think it's really easy in Vector and, and probably in every business to, you know, just look at, hey, this is the way it's done. So this is the way that we're doing it. And with Mike, I really enjoy having conversations where, well, does that serve us, right? And uh, the, the reasoning that the, the thoughts that got us to that, you know, 15 years ago, it's probably a little outdated. Let's let's rethink this and, and figure out if it's still the right way of doing it. Uh, and he's just, he's such a action-oriented guy. I really enjoy working with a leader that, you know, you, you know, it is, it's not just uh, talk from them in terms of like, you know, getting stuff done and, and really pushing the needle. Yeah. And he's a guy that's raised the bar in so many ways in, in the company that he's the perfect person to have those kinds of conversations with about how to think bigger and take things to a new level. So it's a cool, uh, it's a cool lineup of people that have impacted you. And I like that you're able to dissect the lessons from each one. So let's talk a little bit about your current organization. So you're, running the North Star division. It's uh, your team name is the Dream Team. And I know that you have sort of shaped your organization around this principle of pursuing <laughs> one's dreams, both inside and outside the business. And, and how have you, tell us a little bit about this and how it evolved and, and how you're shaping you know, your people's vision of uh, pursuing their dreams. Sure. You know, the uh, kind of all of it comes together from the, the day I became a DM company had Matthew Kelly come in and speak. And I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty bad at the remembering what year was what, but I think it was 2007 maybe uh, that he came and spoke to us and he, he wrote the dream manager. I read the book and um, awesome book. I loved the idea of, you know, that position and having a dream manager and, and the quote that I remember, I don't remember if it was from that book or just a quote that I, that I live by is that when somebody has hope in the future, there's power in the present. And I think that is, that's been so true in, in, for me personally. And that has been kind of what we've centered our entire division around with the dreams, the dreams mentality. So I made a dreams list whenever I heard that 2007, something like that. We did it as an office. And then I basically never looked at my dreams list again for like the next know, four years or something. As I was going on that growth path from 2011 and 12 before moving up to Minneapolis, I read a couple of books that had to do with culture and kind of recognized the different cultures that I had in my organization at different times and, and how it had formed without, you know, without me giving it a whole lot of thought and saying, this is the culture I'm going to have. It's just, it just formed because, right? Culture is going to form no matter what, whether or not we, we design it. And, and so when I, uh, I was further along in my career, when I had the opportunity to move to, uh, to Minneapolis for the North Star uh, division. And so when that happened, I gave it a lot of thought that fall in terms of what I wanted the, the new division to be. And, I, and you know, anytime somebody moves organizations, I feel like it's easier at that point to, you know, create a new culture from scratch because, you know, they didn't know the old one. And right. so 
I went in with the, the team name, North Star Dream Team, and, and right from the get-go, we started using the dreams list. And um, I knew from you know just working with great leaders in the past that if I wanted something to be uh, very vibrant in my organization, I had to be I had to be the leader with it in my own life. And so uh, my wife and I, at the time, we weren't we were uh, dating, but we did right when we moved up here. We did our first kind of dreams retreat, just her and I where uh, we put a lot of time into our dreams lists and uh, and then we you know spent New Year's Eve basically sharing those, figuring out which ones we were going to accomplish that next year. And then we started booking things. So uh, I still remember New Year's Eve 2012, we spent a lot of money on you know online paying for my first marathon, uh, paying you know booking a skydiving event, booking a trip, doing a lot of things that were on our dreams list that was going to happen the next year to make 2013 like the most, you know, the most exciting, vibrant year of our lives. And, and it was, it was awesome. And then uh, uh, I started doing the same thing with our district managers. And at first I didn't necessarily have a really clear, here's how this is all going to happen. It was more, I'm going to aggressively pursue my dreams with Brooklyn. And uh, I'm just going to do it out loud. Right. Uh, and, and then I'll help people create their list. And then from there, I'll just kind of hope that they'll figure it out. And, and it worked. Uh, it worked to a degree. And the people that were around the organization uh, longer, you know, it worked even better. But uh, we... So let's see. The, the first thing that I essentially did after that was record a dream session, we call it. A, a dream storming session where we help somebody brainstorm the eight categories that we go through, like travel, material, family, faith, adventure, health financial like there's different categories we take people through mm -hmm. uh, and i don't think this is you know no way do i think this is unique to me i completely you know took the the idea from the book and then you know put her on a little twist on it we made that so the offices had that to to utilize with their individuals we, we threw uh, a portion into each of our you know you, you know the term sldm but one of our kind of regular meetings we would uh, give people a little taste of the of the dream storming session and and that worked. And then three years ago, I think it was, we took this to our DM team and we did an overnight holiday party with spouses and significant others. And uh, I took all of them, including their significant others, through the, the full exercise for, uh, it's like three hours. And um, I got awesome feedback from the significant others. And then we now had couples who were working for their entire year on, hey, what are we getting done that's on our dreams list? Mm. And that's and awesome. And uh, last year, we did our first, we changed our end of the summer event. So instead of a Conference of Champions or SC3, our division now just has our dreams retreat. So it has nothing to do with Cutco at all. We take people to, uh, this summer was uh, uh, like a true like kids camp. So they're like staying in bunks that don't have AC. Uh, we're playing basketball, volleyball in between. And, and we take them through some light sessions of making their dreams list and planning out their next year. So we did that last year. I uh, did it again this year, and then I took this to our our sales professional team this last year as well over the holiday. We had a separate event just for them. So it's been really cool to see people accomplishing dreams. I have people that I see that uh, used to work with our organization that no longer do, but I'll see on Facebook that they'll be, you know, hey, just ran a tough mutter across another thing off the dreams list. And so it's cool to see that they're taking this principle with them, you know, beyond their beyond their time at Cutco. Wow, that is so amazing, Dane. I, I really love how you're leveraging this uh, concept 
at every level in your organization. And it started with you, right? You said that it started with you in Brooklyn sitting down, writing down all of your dreams. And, and you said you're going to pursue your dreams and you're going to do it out loud, right? So you're telling people about all the things that you're striving for and, you know, why you're working so hard. And, and, and then as you're achieving them, checking them off publicly, right? So that people can see you living the life of your dreams, living the life that you wanted to design for yourself and for your family. And then of course that I think the natural next step is that people want to do the same thing and, and you're able to help facilitate them writing down all their dreams. And, and what you're really doing with this is you're connecting people to their why, right? Mm -hmm. You're connecting people's work and their day-to-day -day activity to why they're doing that. Because, you know, none of us live to work. We all work to live. And so what are the things outside of work that we are chasing? You know, and how does what we're doing in our work facilitate the opportunities for us to do that, whether it be the financial opportunities or the opportunities through networks that we develop or through having a flexible schedule or all those things put together uh, to be able to live the kind of life outside the business that we want to be able to live. Um, I, I just love how you've taken that and done that with your managers, done that with your top sales reps now, and even newer sales reps are being exposed to the idea at your uh, SLDM meetings that you have. So. Really, really, really cool. Yeah, I enjoy it. We're now, like this year, the new iteration of this, I feel like it continues to, to kind of evolve is, you know, now I'm trying to do any money that I spend on people within my division. It's geared towards that specifically. So for instance, we've got, you know, you know, the name Seth Kinzer. The, he's our, our top producing individual, one of the best in Cutco. And he's getting married in uh, two weeks. And so I said, you know, I looked on their registry and I'm like, God, this is such boring crap. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's the normal registry stuff. And I sent him a message. I'm like, I need your updated dreams list. Like, I, you know, I, I need to, I need to spend money towards one of your dreams that's on. And it's just, you know, I think that he, it'll be cool when it happens, but he'll also say, yeah, that makes sense that that's, that's from, uh, that's from him. And so I'm trying to, to, funnel I'm, i spend money anyways on people in the organization it's like you know that should be in line with with that type of uh, that type of stuff so then uh, it's been fun i did it with my mom as well and you know tried to help her create her own dreams list the goal is always to get over 100 right and the, you have, you're forced to get more specific with it and, and uh and it's just the whole idea behind all this. I think sometimes when people hear dreams, it's like, oh, it's that, you know, high in the sky, floofy, whatever, right? And I think that it just, when, when somebody really works on it and they, they kind of grasp the full idea, it, there's so many things that aren't flu. It's, you know, hey, I wanted to get in better shape and here are the things that I want to accomplish while I do it. And here's some charity things that I want to do. And it's basically it just gives them such a cooler menu of things to, to plan the year after. And it gives, I know when I was, everybody's different, but I know when I was college student in, in young twenties, saving money wasn't fun at all. Saving money for a purpose is, can be really exciting. And you know, that that's essentially, this brings purpose to what they do in work, but it also brings purpose to their health, to their relationships, to, you know, everything. Yeah. So insightful. I love the idea of, of gifting according to to the dreams of your people right if you're gifting to your own organization your own em employees your own staff gifting that's connected to their dreams is a really cool way to do it 
I, I think that's, that's a, a really neat idea that people could implement for sure. And I can remember the same exact meeting with Matthew Kelly, by the way, because I was sitting in the same room with you. Mm-hmm. Matthew Kelly said, you got to write down a hundred dreams. And, mm-hmm. and I just thought to myself, you know what? A lot of these people are going to write down a hundred dreams. I'm going to write down 101. So I wrote <laughs> down 101. And like you, I sort of filed that away and didn't think about it a whole lot afterwards. And I can remember looking back at my list of 101 things. And, and I'm pretty sure it was two years later that I looked back at my list of 101 things. And a lot of these were pretty long-term things that weren't just going to happen right away. Um, right. I think I had achieved something like 37 of the 101 things on the list in short order, like in a two-year period. And I do believe there's a magic in just the identification of our dreams because our mind is a remarkable supercomputer um, and it operates much like a heat-seeking missile does. When you give it a target, it finds its way to that target. And just the act of writing down dreams in and of itself is powerful. Of course, even much more so if you are looking at that list, reminding yourself of that list, working toward that list, setting dates and targets for mm-hmm. some of the things on that list. But one way I've implemented this concept is in travel, right? It's like I've always had a list of like places I want to visit. I've got my North America to visit list yep. and I've got my yep. international to visit list. And I've tried to knock off one of the international sites per year or at least one every two years depending on where the Cutco company trip ends up being. A lot of times I'll visit one of my other, you know, sites. And then I've also tried to knock off like a couple of the North American sites per year in planning vacations. And that way I'm not just having vacations that are repeated, you know, locations all the time, but I'm, I'm experiencing a new place. I'm experiencing a new element of culture. Uh, I'm checking something off that I really wanted to check off. So I just love the whole concept. And I think it's a great, great idea, Dane. The one other part that I think makes was so evident running this last year's, uh, well, it was like, you know, two, three weeks ago, we just did our, I call it the second annual dreams retreat because we're for sure going to continue doing this was it, it gives everyone who's going through it a common language, uh, or I should say a common platform to have discussions about so many different things. So we can engage in a conversation about building wealth through real estate or building wealth through investments because there's a financial category. Right. And there's all these things that are on there. We can hopefully, you know, ignite somebody's travel passion through them hearing about a DM that, that accomplished there. So I started this year's off a little different and I had all the district managers prepared and some of our branches. Hey, anybody who was here last year, take five minutes. I want you to look through this last year and I'm going to have you share all the dreams that you accomplished this last year. And it was such a cool way for to start the meeting for awesome. the. 18 to 22 year olds to be able to hear from other 18 to 22 and some, you know, older on here, all the things that I did this last year. I think by doing this, it also, you know, keeps the small things, the small things for our managers and, and myself, right? Hey, I had a bad day. It's, well, that's no big deal. Cause I've got this next thing. That's, you know, a month away or two months away. There's always something that's coming up. That's really exciting. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. So tell me, besides the idea of writing down a list, what other advice would you have for people who want to live more of their dreams? Uh, yeah, I think that one is getting clear on which ones that you're able to, like, are very attainable in, in the coming year. And the large things, like you said, right? When you looked at your list, you're like, some of these things are 5, 10, 15, 20 years in the making. 
right? And there's also ones that are on there that aren't necessarily a check it off the list thing, but it's, hey, I want to be, uh, I want to be a, a great son or a great husband. And, and that's kind of a, you know, obviously an ongoing thing, but it's picking five to 10 and then taking action on some of them right away. And whether that means, you know, hey, let me go online and find the next Tough mutter and book it right now so I can say that I'm committed to my first dream that's on the list. Uh, I think that's the easiest way for someone to do it. Making the list, obviously, is number one. And then taking some action on something is, is a great number two. And then also understanding that by growing and earning and saving, those things are only going to help you get closer to these things. Yeah, for sure. You know, your idea about taking action right away is it's a simple and yet it's really a vital point for people to consider and think about. Hal Elrod has a quote where he says something about, you know, one of the greatest mistakes people make is not realizing how much today matters. And in any dream or goal that we have, sometimes it's so far out there that you can't exactly see it. You can't exactly envision how it's going to come to fruition. And, and it's sort of like a boat that's beyond the horizon in the water. You don't see it. But if you move in that direction, eventually you see it. Eventually it becomes clearer and clearer and clearer. And then ultimately you reach it. And the key is that inertia, which starts with the first step. And your concept about like, if your goal is to do a tough mutter, like find one in your area and sign up. Like that's a great step in the right direction. It's not the only step that's necessary to be able to accomplish the goal, but it is an important step in the right direction. And that whole idea of like, what are the things you can do today that can make you one step, move you one step in the direction of the dreams that you have? Everybody who's listening to this can think about that question and can think about something they could literally do today that will move them one step toward their dreams. And by doing that and then taking the next step and the next step, that's how people like you achieve a life that other people want to have and achieve all the dreams that other people are envious of. It's just setting the goals, making the plan, and then beginning to move in that direction. It's such an important, insightful point. We also heavily promote dream stealing. So what the cool thing is when people are in these, we do, you know, we do these five to seven small group share that goes around. And then I'm, I mean, my, even myself, I'm constantly walking around with my phone, like, Ooh, that's a good one. Right. And, and adding it to my list. And yeah. so we, we really encourage that, you know, there's no trademarks on these and, and you should be hearing things and, uh, and jotting them down in your list, or at least maybe doing some research and say, that sounds cool. What's that about? Yeah. We all need people in our life that we want to emulate. And I think that dream stealing is a, is a part of that is like finding role models that uh, have some of the things we want and, identifying that, hey, that's a part of who I want to be also, putting it on our list. So that's really cool. Um, well, listen, Dane, as you look ahead into the future, five, 10 years down the road, what are you most excited about? I am, uh, you know, first is definitely out of active stuff. So my, my family, for sure, we've got my eldest daughter turns three on Friday. <laughs> that so is cool. a whirlwind. Uh, but it is awesome. And then, uh, we've got one other little girl who just turned one in June. And so, you know, raising those two and seeing, uh, uh, seeing how they, how they grow and, and change, uh, is what I'm most excited about and just family in general. Uh, Brooklyn and I try and, and keep things exciting, uh, with little trips for us as well. And, you know, we just moved to a new area. So we're kind of exploring that and stuff as well. In Vector, I'm, I'm really excited about the evolution of, uh, of our business. It, um, I, I just think of you know the whole question five to ten years ago. If I look back ten years ago, it actually looks pretty different. And uh, in in terms of 
everything internally to how an office is run to how we sell Cutco. And uh, I'm really excited about what the next 10 years is going to look like with within the business. And the business, the core of the business doesn't change, which which I'm glad, right? It's still all about uh, all about the people and uh, and growing the individuals. And so, you know, I'm excited that that won't change, but I'm really excited about the use of technology, what that, that's going to mean to the organization and, and uh, also the different channels and avenues that there are to sell Cutco. You know, I, I believe wholeheartedly in the product and it's really cool to see it being sold at, you know, the federal bases and not just at fairs and shows and online and uh, through the realtor program. And there's just uh, there's the new service call stuff. It's... I'm certain in 10 years, there's going to be three, four, five other ways that we're selling Cutco that we can't even think of right now. And, and that stuff really excites me. Being with a company that I know I can stand behind very firmly in the way that it's run by the, the people that run it, and then uh, and also the product and, and, uh, and how it holds up. Yeah, outstanding, Dane. I love what you said when you said, you know, the business is about growing individuals. And that really is what Cutco and Vector does as a company. We're a people development organization. And we just happen to use Cutco Knives as the vehicle to make that happen. And it's great to have a product that is so useful and so high quality that it's easy to sell. And it provides us these opportunities. But at our core, Vector Marketing and Cutco is a people development organization. And you have been one of the best in the business at doing that for many years now. I posted a quote on my LinkedIn account that I heard just the other day. The quote originated from one of my college professors at Santa Clara who wrote a very famous leadership book called The Leadership Challenge. And the quote is that leadership is a relationship between those who aspire to lead and those who are inspired to follow them. And when I think of you, Dane, I think of someone who people want to follow. People want to be like you. You have an amazing and genuine zeal for life and so many qualities and attributes that make you a great role model for so many other people. And I just appreciate uh, being able to have your insights here on the podcast. I enjoyed this and I think people will have had a lot of fun listening to you and uh, particularly implementing the dreams concept for themselves and in their organization. So, hey, thank you very much for your time today. Awesome, Dan. Thank you so much. This has been great. He is a real superstar in the Cutco Vector Marketing business. Uh, Of course, number one sales office in the company in 2018, one of the top divisions in the company here in 2018 and 2019 so far. Uh, And I think you can see why. I love where Dane talked about realizing that his talent, his energy, his charisma, his work ethic would cap him out at a certain level of achievement. And that what was really important was that he got involved in the process of actively growing every single day and, and you know advancing his personal growth it was cool hearing him share some of the people that have mentored and led him kevin hannah dave durand greg strine mike muriel shout out to you guys if you're listening uh you've had a powerful impact on not just dane but so many others and then of course uh meeting matthew kelly reading the dream manager you know i wrote a blog about the 10 books that have most impacted my life. And the dream manager is on that list. If you, if you go to the changing lives podcast.com webpage and just click on blog at the top, you'll see my books blog and dream manager was in there. And I just love the idea of 
identifying our dreams, making the list, reviewing the list from time to time. And then Dane's biggest tip, which is pick a few of them, do something to take action on those things right away to begin to move toward those dreams, to move toward those goals, to move towards those visions and continue that process. And you'll find you'll achieve a lot more than you thought was possible. And it truly is the beginning of living a life by design. Dane Espigard is a great example of that. And we can all be the same as well. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. And if you want access to today's show notes, including links to any resources mentioned, visit changinglivespodcast.com. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. I'll catch you back here in a few days for our next story about changing lives.